Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, we talk an awful lot about how much a startup can cost the founder, right? The emotional toll, the physical toll, the financial toll, all of these things. But it turns out there's quite a bit of collateral damage uh, that can happen around the founder. How does that manifest? What's that look like? What are the, what are the costs for everybody else? Can we just start with your NPR voice? It sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it turns out you just have to have a, a really shitty head cold for five days and you too can have this voice. So if anybody's looking for work for movie trailers, uh, there's any, any hits coming out this summer that need a voiceover, I'm your guy, Ryan at Startups.com. In a world. <laughs> That's right. In a world get over where it. startups have collateral damage <laughs> to everyone around them. It does sound amazing. I'm loving this. All right. I couldn't let that one go. Uh, but so founders, uh, they get all the credit for having all the misery. <laughs> and yet, yeah. and yet uh, it's all the people around them that get to share in that misery in a way that um, kind of goes overlooked. And so you know, one of the things that they said, there used to be an analogy or an adage that that I don't think gets used anymore, which was for every great man, there's a great woman behind him, which was like one of those sexist, yeah. right? Like like things, like, it was supposed to be complimentary for its day, but my have times have changed. Now right. you know, it's an offensive thing to say. So forget about the genders for a second. For every great founder, there's countless people that support yes. them, often whether they realize it or not. I'll give you an example. I'm at dinner we'll with a friend of mine, a founder. Yeah, <laughs> that's another way to put it, right? I'm at uh, dinner with a founder friend of mine. It's like a couple months ago. And it just happened to be me, him, and his wife. My wife was busy doing something else and I ended up just being the three of us. And uh -huh. uh, and so we we're, were talking about life and foundership and all this stuff. And he's talking about how hard he has it. And he does, right? His, his life's hard, right? And I just, I look over and his wife's just sort of shaking her head. Right. And I'm like, what is it? She's like, all he talks about is his end of the problem. Right. Like, and she's very boisterous. Right. Uh -huh. She's like, never in this conversation, when I listen to him talk about this stuff, do I ever get any recognition for all the stuff the rest of us get put through? And yeah. it was interesting one, because it was almost like she was just looking for a moment to vent <laughs> and yeah, found it in me. Sure. Uh but she wasn't wrong. And that was the thing. So he and I are sitting there watching her vent, both thinking, you know, she's sort of not wrong. It's yeah. kind of hard to push back. And that's really what, you know, got me thinking about it. And as I look around and look at my support system, I know you look at your own, Ryan, um, sure. you wonder what that toll really looks like, you know? Yeah. Curious though, during that conversation, as, as she started to lay out the, the, the various ways in which she sacrificed for the startup to, to do its thing. Did, did he seem to recognize it at that point or was it still kind of like, yeah, I don't get it. Was it just that he hadn't considered it or was he just not kind of, you know, sharing the accolades or, or was it some third variant that I'm not thinking of? I think like when you're the one going through the pain firsthand, you're yeah. so busy processing that pain. It's really hard. And this is sort of the point of what we're going to talk about today to step back and say, wait a minute, who else is being caused pain? Yeah. I'll give you two other examples. And these these actually just both, I heard about these in the last like month. Uh, different friends, different conversations, uh, neither of them founders. One friend talks about how he went through uh, stage four uh, lymphoma mm. and made it through the other side and how his wife divorced him because it was so inconvenient, right? Like, like, like you know, uh. no one appreciates what I'm going through. This is the wife. Um, yeah. And it's like, 
bro, <laughs> like your husband's dying. And, but to be fair, but that's my point though, to be fair, like he's literally the most critical condition you can be. And she sounds horrific for being out there complaining about it, but it was hard well, for her. Yeah, for sure. Right. And she, she, she didn't have a, a voice or a platform to express that. Uh, another case, actually reverse case where a friend of mine, his wife's going through cancer and he's complaining about how inconvenient it is for him. And I'm like, bud, <laughs> like yeah. she's the one with cancer. Right. right. Uh, Take the inconvenience. And so it's, it's amazing to me again, as founders, how we lack the perspective to truly appreciate and, and, and really empathize with how other people are dealing with our struggle in, in the toll yeah. that takes. And I think that's important. It is. You know, it's funny because I think founders so frequently don't get that empathy or that commiseration because the, the people around them don't necessarily understand all they're going through. We talk about this a lot. And right. so I think they're so used to getting, you know, zero, zero pity, zero sympathy, zero empathy that maybe it's hard to turn around. Or like you said, when you're, when you're going through the worst of it, you don't look around to see who else is inconvenienced. For example, when my exactly. wife was going through the pain of childbirth, she didn't look over to notice whether I was comfortably sleeping in the non-recliner exactly. chair in the corner of the room or exactly. not. The answer was I was not comfortable at all. And yet on a relative scale, I think I was doing quite well compared to where she was at in that moment. So I get it. Exactly. I uh, I joke with my wife all the time. She, you know, talking about pregnancy and stuff. I was like, honestly, I could do pregnancy again. It really was yeah. not hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then run. She looks at run. me like, yeah, huh? Yeah. If you're going to make the baby, let me know. Uh, yeah. But but in this case, I think as founders, by not having a genuine empathy, appreciation, or self-awareness for the toll that we're creating on the people around us, not that we don't have enough shit to deal with, don't get me wrong, yeah. but, but not having that um, over time lets us forget to our own detriment what we're taking away from everyone around us. So I, I think today would be a good time to, to talk about, to lay out what are all these different pockets of people in our lives? How are we affecting them? Right? How are we deeply and maybe forever affecting that? How are we ruining relationships? Sure, and sure. you know, founders listen to this, they're they're used to you know how we dig into stuff and like, well, damn, dude, that's probably more than I want to process right now. And it is. <laughs> Sorry. But that's the point. Yeah. yeah. But that's the point. The point is it's always more than we want to process. Sorry if this is inconvenient it. for you, but it's painful yeah. for them. So we're going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so let's take it from the top. Let's talk marriage. Uh, sure. And again, not everybody in the, that, that's listening is currently married or will be married. Doesn't matter. In this particular category, this is one of the most painful buckets yeah. because nothing derails a marriage like a good old fashioned startup company <laughs> and, and everything that comes with it. Right. For sure. If you want to set TNT into a relationship, by all means, start it with a startup that that's the chain reaction you'll get every single time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're, they're not, like you said, they're not exactly marriage enhancers, right? This is not something that's going to magically make the relationship easier, better, more enjoyable. Look over the long term, maybe, right? When somebody's following their passion, they're doing the thing that they love, right? If your wife is running a startup company and it's absolutely fulfilling and, and you have to, uh, you know, bear the brunt of the home life, the family, the whatever else you got to do, the side hustles to keep the financial means going. Um, yeah, that can be awful in the short term. Maybe it works out great in the long term. Who knows, right? But there is certainly a yeah. toll on those. Like, play it out though. Like, uh, with our wives, we're in this relationship. We've just gotten married. Let's say, let's just use this as a moment in time, which was accurate. Yep, we had. 
let's try to create as much new uncertainty and stress as possible. And this is before we might have children, right? Yeah. Let's let me put all my time into something that makes no money, that is complete uncertainty, that takes all my hours that I would otherwise invest in our relationship, that takes all my focus and attention that I could otherwise be giving to my wife. And now let's put it into something that's got the most explosive outcome possible, which almost statistically is going to guarantee that it's going to send me into depression, anxiety, bankruptcy, and everything else like that. Now let's go kick off a marriage on that. (laughs) See where that goes. It's it's all about how you spin it. I just explained it. I was like, look, right after we get married, it's going to be that honeymoon period. We're going to be up all night, every night working on yep. PLs and pitch decks and <laughs> staffing plans and <laughs> so sexy so sexy i know yeah yeah right 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 no and, and and i think that uh you know from our standpoint we have our eye on the prize which is the outcome that's yep. what you talked about like hey if it works maybe yeah. it was a marriage enhancer right yeah but it tends to not work and even when Correct. it does it comes at such an astronomical cost to get there. A lot of marriages don't survive it. And so from, again, being selfish here, we're thinking about ourselves as the founders and how it affects us. Now let's just flip the screen around. Let's talk about our spouses and what it looks like to them. For example, this this isn't their dream, right? They're going to pay for it in our relationship, but it's not their dream. It's like having a kid you don't want, right? It's like, that's that's what you want. It's not what I want, but I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to, you know, have the emotional connectivity to it. I think that's painful. You know what I mean? For sure. And again, like it's out of their hands. It's not something where even if it works, yeah, there, there may be some benefit to it, but it's not like they, you know, they, they get accolades for the suffering. Right. So they're looking at it going, even if this does work, right. Like, is it worth it? I think when we look at the risk reward ratios, and I guess, especially if we use the actual probabilities of it working out, uh, for somebody who's not getting the benefit as they go through the entire process, but only potentially benefiting right. at that final, final moment, um, it's, it's a lot to handle, right? It's kind of like, you know, why are we doing this, right? We keep pushing this rock up the hill every day, um, and there's no right. end in sight. And even the, the end, it doesn't look all that amazing, right? Basically, I get to stop pushing the rock. What a reward. Right. I could just not push the right. rock in the first place, right? It'd be a way easier decision. Let's play that out because, again, let's say our wives were starting a business. So we'll, we'll use ourselves as the uh, the, the yeah. person kind of bearing this brunt. So so Nargis, your wife, Sarah, my wife, um, in both cases, they're starting their dream business. And we dig that. We're supportive. Like at a high level, we care about them. You know, we want to see things work. But here's what it looks like to us. We're not there in the sales meeting where they close that one deal and everything's great, where they get a high five moment. All we get is the shit at the end. All we get is coming home exhausted, pissed off, frustrated, you name it, right? How often in the early days of a start do you come home high fiving because you've got so much energy and you don't know what to do with it, right? Never. Day one. And then again, on like day 10,005, I think. Yeah, exactly. And so we get not the best of, but the worst of mixtape of their lives. Yeah. 
Right. Exactly. We I get think the, that's the thing that we have to remember, right? Is that when we come home and we just unload or we're the ones getting unloaded on and that's what it looks like. Yeah. So you're also looking at this other person who you're supporting, complaining and suffering while you're like, why are we doing this again? Right? Like, why am I carrying this water for you when you don't even seem to be enjoying it? So like, if you're not enjoying it and it's not benefiting us, it's not benefiting me in any way. And I'm certainly not enjoying it. Why the hell are we doing this? Right? Like that's kind of the only question that can be running through your mind on a regular basis. Right. And that compounds at some point, yeah. like, you know, I, I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, I, I don't get your attention. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't get the the focus that we had before. All of the things that make for a great relationship were taken. Yeah. Right. Voluntarily, yeah. by the way, we decided to mortgage them for a startup company. hundred percent. You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. Maybe I'm salty about it. Maybe I'm like, you know, I never really wanted to do this to begin with. Again, this is yep. this is going the other direction where I'm I'm not supportive. And now I hate your startup, right? I hate yep. everything about it because it represents um a reflection of everything that I think is going wrong. Now, the irony is, the irony is chances are our relationship was probably gonna be shitty anyway, but I don't know that. But now I have uh, this straw man to blame everything on. And maybe it's yep. accurate, it probably is, by the way. But what's interesting is I'm all of a sudden in a position, again, as the spouse, where I know I'm supposed to be supportive, but I'm not getting supported anymore. Like, I'm getting yeah. the shaft. I'm paying the cost, yep. in my mind, of that startup, which is bullshit. Yep. Constantly picking up the tab for somebody else's choices, right? Yeah, it's a great way to put it. Picking up the tab for somebody else's choices. And, you know, as founders, we can only punch that ticket for so long. Like, there's no point yeah. where we should be surprised that things aren't going well. Like going into it, like with, with Sarah, my wife, Sarah and I had known each other for 10 years before we got married. And so she's only known me as a founder. So she's seen yeah. my wild schedule and everything else like that. Totally unfazed by any of it. Right. You know, she, again, my, my wife is the quintessential Spartan or her, her whole thing is when shit goes down, she's like, come back with your shield or on it. Like she's yeah. fully down. Um, and that is so rare. That is so yeah. rare. It's awesome. And I, and I appreciate and love her for it, but it's rare. If she felt differently, here's what I'm trying to say. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm surprised that she's yeah. supportive. Yeah, for sure. Over, over such a long period of time, too. Now, how do you see it in your relationship? I think it's I think it's been very much the same thing and kind of in, in the same vein. You know, we were together for quite a while before getting married. And so <clears throat> she'd understood kind of what the what the, the pattern of my life from a work perspective looked like and that it very frequently invaded other parts of life because I let it and I wanted it to. I wasn't, you know, I, I think I've talked about this before on the on the podcast where it's I, I don't believe in work-life balance because that's two opposing forces. I've always tried to create work-life blend uh, where they just kind of seamlessly right. work together, which like that's easy enough to say, and it's actually not that hard to do, but yeah, it's a very right, individual right. decision, right? When I think about that blend, I'm thinking about how do I blend that, right? It wasn't necessarily a consideration of how do I blend that for everybody else. Um, and so there's certainly been times where I've either directly asked or just implied or not asked or implied, and she just found out she was going to have to support something that I maybe hadn't been super clear on, probably because I wasn't super clear sure. on either. I didn't know. Right? I didn't know what the cost that was coming was. 
Um, but I think in the, in the same way that she's, she sort of understood that and, and understands the importance to me um, and through her caring for me, she, she cares for the startup companies, right? And she's, she's been there to support and, and, and carry and, you know, do all the things that I couldn't do um, that, you know, I would have otherwise been there for if I was in some kind of a nine to five, um, then we'd be supporting my therapy bill and my, my, my sports car and whatever <laughs> else I would need to do to justify being alive at this point. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but it's not, not been without its challenges and it's not been without its questions, right? There have definitely been times where it's right. like, you know, is this still the right thing to be doing, right? Should we keep going in this path? Um, you know, what other direction could we take? Would, you know, and there's always questions and they're valid, right? Because again, it, it, so much of this goes back to what we project and present, right? I've said this before on the podcast for sure, but communication is the burden of the sender, right? So if we are yep. constantly just communicating the worst parts of it, right? We may have an 80, 90% good day, but there's that one right. thing that really bugged us or bothered us and we don't have Which anybody else to the top. vent to, moves to the top. And we don't yeah. have anybody else we can talk to about this shit, right? Like yep. We can go to our, 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 our colleague in the next office, right? That can't, that doesn't work. We talked about that before too. You know, politically within the startup, right. we don't have other channels and other places we can go and talk about this stuff. So we bring that home and we unload. And so when you do that and all you're presenting is, is the worst of the cards you've been dealt in any given time, it looks like you're playing a really shitty game with a really shitty hand all the time. And so then <laughs> that becomes really hard to sustain, right? Like how much emotional energy can you pour into somebody who just comes back to you and is like, oh, it sucked again today. Cool. <laughs> right? like, you know, it's funny. So one of the things I, I asked Sarah uh, for just this reason, when we sit down and kind of, you know, catch up yeah. at the end of the day, I often ask, what's the best thing that happened in your day? Yeah, yeah. I say that because our default, you know, if we start comparing notes, they're going to be the shittiest things, right? Yep. This person pissed me off yep. and blah, 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 right? Yep. And so it, it's almost forcing the other end of that conversation uh, sure. just so we don't lose sight of right? that's not yeah. all negative, right? Like, yeah. you know, she'll, she'll be like, my wife takes care of the, the kids full time. And so she, she'll be complaining about something dumb the kids did, right? And I'm yep. like, well, what's the best thing they did today? Right. And it's a quick reminder that, you know, um, there's good things that happen too. There aren't always. On that note, though, let's talk about the kids. Yeah. Let's talk about, sure. about, about what happens uh, to the kiddos in this situation. Um, it's obviously similar. The, the, the common thread here is neglect. Right. The problem when we bring kids into the mix is that we're no longer dealing with adults who have the opportunity to not only process, uh, how you know how how this neglect might be working or maybe why it's working but also have years behind them and in front of them when i say that yeah. our kids have a childhood for a very fixed moment in time yep we have a very fixed window when your little jack or my little will walks into the room and says hey dad i want to play and it's like 10 a.m on a tuesday and we have you know shit yeah. to do we often have to say no you know i can't yep. gotta work right yep. gotta go pay some bills they don't understand that and they, they frankly don't, don't care yeah. and they shouldn't, right? They should be focused on being a four-year-old kid or yep. a six-year-old kid exactly. or whoever they are, right? Teenager for that yeah. matter, right? Yep. But every time I get to send little Will back out of his, uh, out of my office, I get into this thing where now I'm like, damn, dude, I don't get that moment back. I don't get that moment back to be able to, um, you know, to spend that time with him. And more importantly, yeah. neither does he. He does. He's got a yeah. one shot at, at a childhood. And what if I go 10 years and I fuck this up and, and I look back, I'm like, oh, sorry, dude, Mr. Childhood, but I got a sweet startup going, oh, right? Like, I'm not okay with that. 
had a rough conversation um, last week with a founder. He was talking about, you know, the, he, he'd had challenges working from home. When everybody went home, um, he wasn't loving yeah. it in the beginning, right? And a big part of it was the family dynamic. It's like, I'm around all the time now. Everybody's coming and asking for my time. He has two little kids. Yeah. Um, and, and then we were talking and he's like, yeah, it's gotten way better. You know, it's taken some time, but we've kind of found our cadence, right? You know, they, they kind of know when the door is closed, not to come in still happens sometimes, um, or was happening. And then he got to this point where he was kind of like happy about it. And he was like, yeah. And you know, they, they don't, they don't ever, they don't ever, you know, wander in and ask me to play in the middle of the day anymore. And then he paused for a second and he was like, fuck, they don't come in and ask me to play in the middle of the day anymore. And he realized that he's now trained his kids he's unavailable right and it, yeah. he was thinking of that as a benefit until he said it out loud and he was like that's not what i wanted right it's not what i wanted that was right. a cost right that he realized he's now incurred um that he was asking for too by the way like he wanted it to be that way until he got it and now he's like oh damn right i, I just to circle back on something because you you went through a good list um but i think there's one other point there around the kids in this whole thing um in addition to not having the emotional intelligence and and just sort of the experience and the and, and all of that there's one other thing they don't have that that an adult in the situation has which is agency to say no right another yeah. adult can say no I'm not going to support this anymore. I'm going to walk away from this. I'm going to leave you and your business. And yep. You can do what you need to do. Great way to put it. Kid doesn't have, kid stuck kid doesn't with have it. that ability. Kid is stuck with it, right? Kid has no say on whether you continue to do this or not or whether they continue their participation in it, right? They are yep. a they are along for the ride whether they want to be or not and without any chance for escape. So I think that makes it extra tough for them. It is. And also, this is the only version of a parent they know. Yeah, right. Exactly. So like the, the only version of my dad that I know was that he was working 24 seven, right. That, you know, yep. he, he was, he was out, he's a carpenter. So he's he was out you know, building shit. Right. And so that's all I know. I just know that he was never there. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, a, a, a lot of people grew up with that. That's all they know of their parents. Yep. And every single time Will walks into my room, my daughter Summer walks in, into my office and is like, Hey, I want to tell you something or I want to share something with you. First thing that comes to mind is I will never get this moment with you again. Now, this yeah. moment might be something dumb, right? Like, like Will showed yeah. me the dumbest thing in the world, right? It's <laughs> it's theoretically not an important moment. But what I'm not empathizing with properly, and this goes to the, the heart of what we're talking about today, is it's important to him. Yeah. Right. That was an important moment for him, even if it was incidental to me. I had bigger yeah. shit to worry about. He didn't. Right. That yeah. was the most important thing in his life. And I wasn't there for it. Right. And 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 that's my loss. Now, part of that, it comes with the, the territory. But but it's me recognizing and empathizing the weight that that carries. Yeah. A friends, uh, a, a, one of my father's friends put it to me this way once. He was like, look, for you, when the kid walks into the room, you're the all star. You're the athlete. You're the movie star. You're whoever. They're the one that yeah. wants the autograph. To you, each of those moments are just like the last, and it's you'll sign a thousand autographs in your life. For them, each one of those moments is like the penultimate, right? That's the thing that they need and want right then. It'll mean a ton to them, whether it does to you or not. And that always stuck with me. That was like, I remember getting that advice. Uh, we were six or seven months pregnant at that point, and I was going around and trying to collect as much knowledge around fatherhood as I could. Didn't do any good. Still got hit in the face with a frying pan the minute it happened. <laughs> And I think that um, for for us as founders, you know, trying to empathize yeah. and, and and I don't think there's like a ton of cold hearted founders there. I think, you know, most founders would like to be able to spend time with their kids. Yeah. What we're missing or we lose sight of sometimes is, hey, I'm not home for dinner, so to speak, or, hey, I'm not there for your games or, hey, I'm not right. there for, you know, you name it. Um, again, 
that's a small part of a bigger part of our life, but it's their only childhood. And that's what always sticks in my head is that if, if I burn 10 years for a startup, you know, in a successful startup and I have a great outcome, I only have at most an 18 year window of their youth, of their childhood, right? And depending on how old they were when I started this whole thing, my startup may have come at the expense of their childhood. And that is a tough pill to swallow. Forget about how guilty it makes you feel. Again, that, that is a very selfish viewpoint. How does it make them feel? Right. Yeah. When they're sitting in therapy and they're like, yeah, my dad's, I guess, the super successful guy wouldn't know, never saw him. Right. Again, I don't pretend to know the, the relationship that Elon Musk has with his like 12 kids. Uh, but I can't yeah. imagine for as much as that guy works that they got a lot of reps with dad. Maybe they did. Maybe. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's 12. No. All maybe, I know. Maybe they all help him build rockets that actually go into space. My, my kids would be totally good for them. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, you know, another uh, anecdote was you know, there's been a lot written and said about Steve Jobs and his relationship to his daughter, et cetera, yeah, yeah. Yep. and how it, was, it wasn't great. Right. It was not great. Uh, and you look at that and, and, and people will approach her. I think her name is Lisa. Uh, approach her and say, hey, you know, your dad was this incredible man. Like, not really. That was my dad. Yeah. Never saw him. He was kind of a jerk when I did see him. Right. Yeah. And what I remember of my dad wasn't what you think your dad is. No matter what he thought he was building or how he's going to be insanely great yeah. about anything. What an insanely great dad. And guess what? It's the only thing I gave a shit about. Right. Cause it's the only yeah. one I got. And, and, and I bring think to mind about, a new stat. I'm going to call it CAC. CAC. It's childhood attrition cost. Right. And it's, it's real. <laughs> Jesus, right? I don't like, want to track that stuff. I, I don't either, but like, it's, it's a real thing to your point, right? There's, there's one window for this. There's a real cost to it. And I'm not sure that there's a calculable ROI that I would want to even think through. Right. Oh God. Yeah. No, it's terrible. Well, because this is one of those things where it's immutable. There's nothing about taking away from your child's, um, uh, your child's, childhood uh that you're gonna feel good about there's no version where like ah good thing i spend less time with my kid unless yeah. your kid's a real dick which is possible right yeah. but like <laughs> short of that like, like yeah. i'm just saying that like um you're never gonna look back and say oh man i, I wish i had less time with my kids right like no it's yeah. such a finite thing but but again that's being selfish that's our viewpoint it's really the other side which is man i really wish my my dad mom whatever um made more time for me it's cool that they yeah. were doing whatever business that they're doing, but I kind of felt like it would have just been cool to have dad at my baseball game type thing. Right. And like, yeah, that's sure. what my kids are going to remember. And that's what goes through my head when I'm shooing them out of my office for like good business reasons. Yep. But every time part of that calculus is man, like what's this mean for, for, for my kid. Right. Like in, 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 yeah, you know, where does that leave good. them? Yeah, for Nothing sure. Nothing good. Now we, we talked about this on another on another podcast where we were talking about, you know, there's no interest earned on happiness deferred. Um, and particularly yes. doing this to a third party. Again, like they're not seeing that core benefit. And especially as a kid, they're not looking like, well, go, they don't no, care. well look, startups have a 10 year life cycle, right? So at the end of those 10 years, that'll be right, great. Right. You know, when I'm when I'm 14, this will yeah, be right, fantastic. Right. right. They don't care. Yeah, no right. Shit. Um, and and, and it, like, there was uh I saw something a few weeks ago where somebody was asking uh, their kids, it was something on social media, which I'm rarely on, but um, somebody on social media had this video where they were asking their kids, hey, do you remember your 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 sixth birthday? Or you remember your sixth birthday party, right? What, what happened? And they they told them, uh, oh, you know, grandma was there and then you took us and we did, you know, we, we went bowling or whatever it was, like they could tell the story. And he's like, do you remember what mm -hmm. I got you? Remember what I, do you remember the presents we got you? No. 
he did this, repeated this like four or five times with different kids and different ages, and they never remembered any of the stuff, right? So these tangible things that we're trying to achieve with our startup have no bearing on this kid, right? They will have no impact. And yet they will absolutely remember the time you spent with them. Or conversely, they won't have those memories if you don't. Right. And so then there will be nothing 100%. to remember that child. So there's a huge cost. Uh, I don't remember what I got for any of those birthdays, but I sure as hell remember if my parents were there. Right. And, you know, yeah. and, and they weren't always there. And, and so like, like those things that you, those are the things that, that, that burn it in your mind and that, that yeah. weight is real. Um, yeah. Let's talk about friendships. Let's, let's take sure. it to another level. Just yeah. trying to maintain basic friendships. Right. Just basic friendships. Now, um, I'm going to I'm going to separate this from family. Like like we can cover that at some other topic, but like specific to friendships. These are just people that have been my best friend forever or, you know, somebody I've known since childhood or somebody I've known since college, you know, just somebody that's a really important part of my life. What happens to them? I, I, I feel like they're almost the first casualty. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think it is. I mean, in most cases, I can I can certainly say I've, I've seen, you know, some people who've maintained, you know, friend relationships while letting the family slide, right? Like they, they don't have any time for the family. Ah, they still make sure. a little time okay. for the friends. They still have their hobbies or whatever. That's fair. But I would say those are the outliers. Yep. Those are the outliers. I think generally speaking, it's kind of like family, kids, uh, spouse, and and then it, it, it kind of comes down to the, the peripheral circles of, of friends. Again, like depends on, on how close they are. If, you, if they're if friends, are, you know, best friends, a co-founder, um, different story, right? Now, sometimes that, that they, yeah, they right. end up getting forced away. There's a wedge driven there, but that's a different, that's a different right. episode. So yeah, I think that it's, um, it's often the first to go. Um, and it's often very abrupt, right? This is the thing about a startup company is that once it starts to consume, it eats fast. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of time to build up. This isn't something where it's like, well, you know, oh, he used to come, you know, twice a week to play poker and now he's only coming twice a month. Right. Or whatever it is. It's just like, we were there one day, then you started a startup and now you're not right. You're just like the kid who left school. Like where, where did he go? Where did she go? Um, so I think that's the, that's a big part of it. And I think this, there's a, there's a high, cause we're, you know, again, trying to consider the other side of this, right. I understand why the founder does that, right. You get consumed. But when you look at that from the outside, you know, all of a sudden, this friend, this connection you had is just abruptly taken away. It's a huge shock to the system, right? And it's it's hard for them even to want to lean in. I've had conversations with my friends about this stuff where it's like, you know, how, how did that feel? You know, all of a sudden I went from being there to not being there. And they're like, well, shitty, right? We just thought you didn't care about us anymore. Um, you know, of course, we weren't thinking like, oh, he just has to spend all this time on a startup. Like, well, why can't you just stop at five like the rest of us do and do what we do? Right. Could maybe kind of sometimes, um, but not always. You know, I think what's interesting is if you, if you take these three buckets that we're talking about, you got family, you've got kids and you've got friends. The big difference there is with a marriage, you have a very visible construct. We are clearly married. It is the yeah. two of us, right? We're dating or whatever yeah. our situation is, but, it, but it's clearly we're probably living together and like we're with each other yeah. all the time and we're in each other's worlds and our finances are intertwined. We have a construct that is by definition completely rejuvenated every day that we have to keep rethinking yeah. about. It's the same way. But when we get into friendships, the reason they become more disposable is because we're typically not hard coded to them. If I don't call Correct. my friend back in a week, right? It's it's shitty, but like, you know, we'll get over it. 
if I don't call my wife back in a week, <laughs> well, I'm just here within the, the, the rest of the day. But you, you get the idea, right? Like, um, yeah. there's no optionality for those other two categories. I'm very much baked into those. Now, that doesn't mean people haven't been able to ignore families or you know spouses, whatever. But yeah. with friendships, the problem is we don't have that recurring construct to fall back on. Correct. Uh, and really to reinvest in. So it often looks something like this. Ryan, you and I go start a company and our friends are excited for us, hopefully, uh, and they see a little bit less of us. Now, with our friends, we've known them for five or 10 years, maybe longer. And in that time, we've gone out, we've done a lot of things together, we've spent time, we've built memories together, we've put a lot in the bank. And as of now, we're never going to put any more. We're going to make a lot of withdrawals of what's in the bank, but we are no longer making deposits, right? We're no longer sharing those good times. We're making withdrawals and they look something like this. Oh, dude, I know we we're supposed to go out for dinner tonight, but I got a yeah. bail last minute, blah, 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 right? Uh, oh no, man, board meeting. Oh, can't do that. Right. Are you guys going on that trip? Oh, totally can't do that. We were fundraising, blah, blah, blah. Like you name it. We now have this fountain of excuses for why yep. we can't be good friends anymore, right? Yep. In a couple of them at first, Making withdrawals from the bank. Yeah, dude, we got a lot in the bank here, right? You know, like, yeah, I'll make it up to you next time. How many withdrawals can we make without making any more deposits until that relationship is straight up bankrupt? Yeah. Right? And that's actually what this comes down to. It's wearing the relationships down until they go bankrupt. And the people on the other side of it going like, dude, you're not even trying anymore. That's the problem. Yeah. I just, I just had this kind of thrown in my face a few weeks ago and it wasn't done with, with any malice. Um, but I was, I had reached out to a friend that I hadn't talked to in a while and, um, was saying, you know, it'd be great to, great to catch up. Um, and he said, catch up. Oh, we got to start all the way over again. We haven't talked in forever. Right. And I thought that was a really interesting way of putting it. And I hadn't thought of it that way myself, but you know, when he dropped that, that is, on me, that, like, that is an what? interesting way of putting it. That's accurate. That's accurate, right? Because I had essentially yeah. withdrawn everything from that bank at that point because we hadn't talked in a long yep. time. There'd been those attempts, right? It was like, oh, let's go, let's talk this weekend. Yeah, that'll be good. And then it didn't happen, right? Oh, like, let's let's jump on the phone next week. Let's go do, let's do a Zoom call. Hey, when are you going to be up in the US? When are you going to, right? And there were just all these like failed starts and all of those are, are types of withdrawals. I think there's something else here, you know, kind of rolling back to what you said about the, the you know, the, the family, the spouse. Um, of course, all of these things are predicated on some level of mutual investment, right? We have to be invested. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's just all one-sided, nobody's going to do this. But there's a very different um, commitment level there. And I think that where you know the, the spouse will continue to make one-sided investments, knowing or believing that there, there'll be some return on that in, in the longer term, that will continue to happen. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Kids, again, they don't have a choice. The kids are just going to be there and they, they're just going to invest in you because that's what they have. They're thrusting it. Um, yep. Uh, the, 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 the friends, on the other hand, the minute you're not mutually investing alongside them, the transaction doesn't work anymore, right? Not to boil friendships down to, to transactional mathematics, but like there is some right, degree right. like, because we only have so much time to invest, right? And we only have so much time and emotion to invest. We're not going to keep investing in somebody who doesn't show up. And so at some point, cost stacks up. There's also no upside, right? Correct. If my friend does really, really well with their startup, good for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> All I get is the shit. Enough. I just don't exactly. see them anymore. Maybe right? you'll have like, a nicer uh, girl the next time I come to a barbecue there. 
cool. Yeah, right, right. And, and, and not to be selfish about it, I'm just like, in the case yeah. of our, our spouses and we're building something together, we both benefit from some of the heartache. So you could kind of look at it, yeah. right? What do you think about this? So is there, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not justifying or trying to, to, to pick this apart, but like, is there some sense... Like, and I'm, I'm just wondering, like, because of the cause of this, right, is there, is there extra pressure on that relationship because the, the friend looks at this as you making a selfish decision to try to grow something that you want to build, maybe for financial benefit, right? Maybe that's the only way they're seeing it. And is sure. that part of that? Is that part of that, that thought dynamic? Is that part of why it's hard, right? That there's not jealousy that, you know, you might achieve something that I'm not going to, but just sort of you chose this opportunity to grow something over over me is that harder for people to deal with i wonder of course it is no and, and i wouldn't downplay the success part we're all yeah. wildly self-conscious about our own success and our validation and our self-worth so sure. if you're out making a great life for yourself at the expense of our friendship that doesn't sound very awesome <laughs> it sounds yeah. great for you it's not shitty for me i i doesn't feel like something i want to double down on right? I want to be a good friend and, and I want yeah. things to work well, but let's not forget that this is for your benefit at my cost. There's nothing else yeah. to it. There's no upside yeah. for me. And again, not to be selfish about it, but everything has a give and take to it. If what you're saying is, Hey, I'll be around for you as a friend when I feel like it. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Right. You used to be around all the time and now you're, you're not around ever. Right. That doesn't yeah. feel great. Yeah. It's funny. I'm thinking back to comments now made by, made by friends about other friends, right. Where it's like, it, it, it's, you know, they're, ah, they never show up. Right. Now, sometimes there's a caveat, right. Ah, he's not going to be here tonight. No, he's still dealing with, right. And they'll drop something and right. They'll be like, you know, ah, you know, the financial hardships, the family's going through ah, the sick parent, the whatever, right. There's some, there's right, some right. caveat there. That's a bit of an excuse. It's like the, the, you know, the, the get out of jail free card, right. You're not here, but we get it. I rarely hear right, that right. when it's something where, and again, we've talked about this before too, which is that a lot of times people look at what startup founders do as this self-imposed punishment, right? We chose to do this. You right. picked this life. Yeah, yeah. Right? This life didn't yeah. pick you. You decided to do this shit and this is the cost. So, you know, Correct. eat it. Suck it up, right? Cost yeah. to deal with, right? Um, so I think that's part of it too. I think that's definitely a, a piece of it is that there's there's not as many, uh, there's not as much latitude or leeway given because it feels to anybody third party like this is just a self-imposing you've chosen this um and so you know you buttered your bread now sleep in it never understood that phrase but <laughs> i think that if we look at this ryan this whole thing you know in, in in our effect on all of these people around us is a compounding effect for sure because every single time we make one of those withdrawals and we don't have a deposit to back it up it gets worse and worse and worse. And what happens over time is the people around us start to create this expectation that we're not the kind of person that makes yeah. deposits in their relationship anymore. Yeah. And they start looking at our relationship and they start to say, you know what? That return on investment isn't really there anymore. And sure. it's in subtle ways. It's it's Will walks in into my office and in the back of his head now, he's thinking, you know, dad's probably just going to blow me off. So maybe I won't go yep. in there anymore. Just like your friend was saying, yep. hey, they don't, they'll come in to yep. play with me kind of thing, right? Or a friend just stops inviting us to poker night or whatever the hell yep. else night, right? Because they just kind of know we're not going to be there. We're not going to be there. Our, our spouse stops asking how our day went. Why? Because I don't want to hear you bitch again for, you know, for the entire <laughs> yeah. time over dinner, yep. right? And so yep. all of a sudden we start looking around and we start getting that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of detachment from all the yep. people that were our support system. And I think the core of that and what we really need to pay attention to is 
the moment we set down this this path, this journey, we are making withdrawals from all these folks. And there's a yeah. good chance that we may never make a deposit ever again anytime soon. And with that, if we don't stop, zoom out and say, damn, I am drawing from a lot of people. I have to figure out how to put this back. We will go emotionally and friendship and family and everything. All of that will go bankrupt. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly financers. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available.